The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Hi, everybody. This is Suzanne. If you find my podcast helpful, you can help me be a messenger of hope by following or subscribing to the Messages of Hope podcasts. This makes sure you never miss an episode. To do this, go to the Messages of Hope show page on mindbodyspirit.fm or Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Tap the plus sign in the upper right corner or just click follow. While you're there, why not give us a five-star rating or review and share an episode with a friend? My team and I appreciate you very much, and we hope you can feel deep in your heart and soul that you are so very loved. Thanks so much for listening. Hello, my friends. This is a very special episode of Messages of Hope. I'm doing it because I've heard too many horror stories of harm done to people in readings with intuitives. That could be a psychic, that could be a medium, that could be a healer. It doesn't matter. To connect across the veil, to me, is sacred work. I've had too many people tell me that a reading has saved their life. The evidence that those across the veil will provide to show that they are still here, that they are okay, and that love never dies is so profound that it changes lives in just one hour during a good evidence-based reading. Any of you who have taken any of my classes, who've studied with me, who've been to my workshops, know what rule number one is in my book. You ready? Say it with me. Do no harm. And yet, I've heard horror stories of people who have done exactly that, harmed people. I'm going to share a few of those with you here today. I'm going to share with you the top 10 things I'd like you to question if you ever hear it from an intuitive. I'm not telling you not to believe. I was going to originally call this 10 things not to believe. But, you know, we can't prove a lot of things, but we have a fail proof. What's the word? I don't know. Fail safe system built into us right here at the heart. So even anything I say to you today, Test it in the heart. The heart is the connection to the soul, and the soul knows truth with a capital T. And that's why the 10 things I'm going to share with you today are very easy to test in your heart. Yet when we get stuck in fear, we tend to believe whatever anybody says. Don't do that. Test everything in your heart, all right? So what's my purpose here today? It is not to bash anyone, not at all. It's to clear the air, to educate about the afterlife and spiritual truths, to raise the bar in mediumship. I hope that some of you are practicing mediums and will take a, a really good look at your own BS. And that stands for belief system if you've studied with me, right? <laughs> okay. 
It's also to set the record straight and to bring peace of mind to anyone who might have heard some of the things that I'm going to share with you on my list of 10 things to be wary of, to question if you've ever heard this. Okay. So again, I, I might uh, get a little bit on a soapbox here, but I've asked my team in spirit, Sanaya, to be with me, to guide my words so that everything I say comes from the heart for the greatest possible good so that none of us ever do any harm again. I'm going to put myself on report with one of these items because we all make mistakes and hopefully we learn from them as I certainly did from the one story out of the 10 that I'm going to share with you here. So stick with me for the, for the full hour because these are not in any specific order. It's not like I'm counting down from 10 to the number one. Anything that does any harm, anything that is untrue is equally weighted as not aligned with truth, with love, with the highest possible consciousness. So that's our goal here, just to set the record straight to the best of my ability based on several things. My own personal experience from connecting with thousands of souls across the veil doing thousands of readings, okay? And also from listening to some of the great teachers and talking to other mediums and questioning some of these things that I've heard that that I just knew could not possibly be true. I don't take everything at face value myself, trust me. So let's just dive right in. I've written these down so that I don't miss any of them, but let's start with number one, of course. <laughs> And again, not in any priority order. Ooh. Some of these are just painful to me. I can't believe people have had to go through some of these situations. When a medium tells you a loved one is suffering across the veil because you are grieving, question that. All right? I have come to know, again, from talking to thousands of souls across the veil, they understand your grief they know because once we leave the body we become so much more aware that we are souls they know that grief is part of the human journey if you didn't grieve something's wrong there it's a process of dealing with the physical passing of a loved one but that's the beauty of mediumship it shows you that your loved one across the veil is still with you. And I have yet to find a soul across the veil or talk to any reputable medium who has found a soul across the veil who is grieving because you are grieving. It just doesn't work that way. We cross the veil and we are aware that there is a greater reality. You can't deny it. And this reality of which we are a part right now is based on love. We're surrounded by this love and can feel it so much more than when these human bodies block out our awareness of that. We see our family here still in physical form and know that they are part of our lives as we go on across the veil. So they don't grieve our loss. In fact, so many have told me, I'm with you more than when I was here in physical form. All you have to do is, I got goosebumps there. I hope you did too. All you have to do is think about your loved one and they feel that. Talk to them. They hear that. They drop in on you quite often. They see your tears. They wish they could dry them, but they know that it's because you love them so much. 
they want you to be happy again. And one thing I hear is that it's okay to be joyful. And one day you'll get there. How long you hold on to that grief because of your BS, your belief system, is up to you. But it's a process. We need to feel the grief. But do not believe that your loved ones are suffering because you are grieving. They understand. Okay. Wow. That was an easy one. Yeah. I actually heard somebody say, snap out of it. You're torturing your loved one in spirit. That definitely ranks right up there with doing harm. So as mediums, we need to be very, very careful of the messages we deliver. We may feel an awareness in those across the veil that those here are suffering. Emotions across the veil are different. They're not laden with the hormones and chemicals that cause us to feel very strong emotions. The clearest thing we feel across the veil is love and connection, and that is never lost. All right? So, oh, I hope you're feeling better already, but I hope you can feel what a fine line we're treading here of, of not diving too deep into the lower emotions that some harmful things that can be said in a reading can cause. Our goal here, again, is to set the record straight. Okay. Number two. All right. There are times in a reading when even the best mediums cannot connect with a specific loved one you may want to hear from. There are so many reasons for this. I've learned in my readings not to worry about the reason. If I absolutely know it's me, if I'm having a bad day, if I'm totally distracted, if I'm not feeling well physically and the reading isn't going well, I know to call it off and absolutely will take responsibility. I'll tell my client, I'm just not on top of my game today. Let's reschedule. But if I can't tell, and it may still be because of me, the last thing I want to do is put blame on anyone else. However, an untrained medium, somebody who hasn't yet learned to control their sense of self, their self-worth, may want to put blame on the other person. And I've heard this happen. Your energy is too low. I can't connect. Maybe that other person's energy is affecting the field. But the better we, as mediums, become at this work, we can give so much energy in the form of love to the spirit world that they use our energy and it overcomes any grief or what you might call low energy of our client. Certainly, we want to encourage the client to, to think loving thoughts and gratitude, which always bring us into a sense of coherence. But to blame a poor connection or a lack of connection on the client's energy is a disservice to the client and to those in spirit who are doing their best to get through to you. Other things that can affect the connection could simply be like the tides, cycles of energy. Even the cycles of the moon can affect a reading, cycles of the planet. And so since we can't always be sure why a connection is not taking place, don't put blame anywhere. All right. I learned from my stepdaughter why it took her so long for me to connect with her after she crossed. She's the purpose that I do this work now. And my 
soul intention and both terms of the word there, S-O-L-E and S-O-U-L apply here. My soul's intention was to connect with her and my singular intention when I sat in meditation every day for years to connect with Susan was, where are you? Let me feel you. And I didn't feel her for years. Yet I didn't grow discouraged because I knew at a soul level that she had to still be there and that I could connect with her. All of us can. When we work to clear out our own stuff, to raise our awareness of the afterlife and sit with commitment to clear space in our minds. Susan came to me just a few years ago and said, Suzanne, I wasn't supposed to come through to you right away. You needed to learn to focus. You needed to learn to connect with other beings, with higher beings, with your own higher self. If I had come through to you right away, she told me, that would have been it for you. End of the journey, mission accomplished. And she's right. But instead, because I didn't connect with her, oh my gosh, how my life has changed. How much more peaceful, how much more love I have for everyone as a result of sitting in the presence of love every day for years. So could that be a reason why a medium hasn't connected with the loved one? There are many reasons, just don't place blame. It's often just a matter of uh, poor connection, just like you go into a cell phone hole. Boy, we're traveling in our motor coach right now. That's why this unusual background. And we went through the desert yesterday and multiple cell phone holes. And it's just like a reading, you know, just come back another time and maybe we'll make that connection then. You just don't know. But to blame it on a client, it's your poor energy is not good practice and does harm. Other excuses I've heard for that are, let me see, oh, telling someone their loved one is far, far away and out of reach. Untrue. You're connecting with those in the realm beyond space and time. Their reality interpenetrates our own right here, right now, just like a different station, a different channel on a television. They don't have to come from far, far away. And it doesn't matter how long ago they left. Remember, beyond time. My guides, here they are. They just corrected me. Don't say they left. They didn't leave. You see how our language keeps us stuck, keeps us hurting. So when they transitioned to a different channel, which is always accessible, but not on demand always, the guides say right now. Okay. Another one that is truly harmful, and be wary if you hear it is, your loved one doesn't want to talk to you. I have to stop my very human responses to comments like that and just sit here and hold the love and let you test that in your heart. Can you think of a reason why you think your loved one doesn't want to talk with you? If the answer is yes, that's human BS belief system. Shift to the level of your soul where your loved one finds themselves now and they know that clearing the air brings nothing but healing, okay? We can do the same from this end and say whatever you need to say to them to clear the air. Love is lack of separation. They see that, feel that, know that lack of separation when they cross the veil. Trust that there is no reason they would not want to talk to you 
no matter how much guilt you may be feeling for anything that happened between you in this life. So many of the things I'm going to say in this hour may sound like Pollyanna wishful thinking. It's not. It comes from 14 years of connecting across the veil. And I have the most beautiful mentor in spirit, two of them, in fact, Janet Nohavik and Mavis Patilla, who have together probably 90 years of connecting with spirits. And I know they back up what I'm telling you now. I'm just a, a piker compared to those beautiful teachers of connecting with spirit. And I honor their presence by sharing this with you today. All right. By the way, if you're enjoying this program, Messages of Hope, the podcast is called that for a name. If it's providing hope to you and can provide hope to anyone you know, please share this video and please click the subscribe button. That's why we do this work, to spread the ripples far and wide. All righty. Let's see. Let's move on. That was a lot for number two. Number three. Ooh, ooh. This is the one that I failed at. Many years ago, I was thinking about it lying in bed this morning. Do I talk about this? Yeah, absolutely. I'm no saint, and it's telling someone when you see they're going to die. I did that 10 years ago, and boy, did I do harm. I heard it from the man's mother. She was coming through very clearly. My client's mother came through, and she showed me that he was going to pass in the time frame. And because I was in the flow... Because she said it, because I thought he might want to know it, I shared it. He took it very well. But then I learned it really rattled him. He became obsessed with it. There is no good in that. And then you know what? Here's the worst part. He didn't pass when she said he would. I went into meditation to spirit and I said, what happened here? And he said, the guide who answered this question, you are all given certain exit points. This man's soul chose not to take that one. What his mother showed you was an exit point of several. He has chosen to stay around a while to be here longer with his wife for spiritual reasons. That doesn't mean that anytime somebody we love passes and doesn't want to be here with us. See how the human mind works? There are bigger pictures to every situation, many factors that come into play. The point here is, I cannot imagine a scenario when it's helpful to tell someone exactly when they're going to pass. Certainly, if you see danger coming for someone, if you see a sickness, we can say that in terms that do no harm. No, you might want to visit a doctor. It's always a good idea to have all our affairs in order, right? But I discussed this with a previous podcast guest of mine, who I hope you saw, Annette Bricka, wonderful, talented psychic. And that is also the one thing that she will not tell any client, even if they want to know, when am I going to die? It doesn't help. So what does help? Living every moment as if it's your last. If that's the one thing I learned from my stepdaughter Susan's passing, it's how short life is, how quickly we can transition to the other side, and how important it is to tell our loved ones, I love you, to ask for forgiveness, to give forgiveness every moment, to take every opportunity to touch them while we can, to love them to the 
fullest extent of our ability. That's why we're here. Enough said about that one. Number four. Oh my gosh. This one. Telling people their loved one is stuck or in limbo and needs to go to the light. That term stuck is the one that I have a challenge with. There may be times, and in all of my readings, I've experienced one of those times when someone is hanging around here, the earthly realm, putting their full focus here to the exclusion of the opportunities that exist across the veil to have full experiences and create experiences. Was that person stuck? That was a choice that they made to hang around here more than experience the other channel. I want to say, hear me well, because that's what the guides always say, hear us well. There is nothing but the light of consciousness. This reality is the light. You are in the light because you are a beautiful soul now, here, always. You cannot go you cannot not go to the light. So this is an expression we say because people have had near-death experiences and told us about it. Talk about seeing this light like a tunnel and going through that tunnel and emerging into this beautiful reality. So in, I know that that's what people are talking about when they say go to the light. But that reality is not always through a tunnel for everyone. My friend Brenda, my guide, who's right here right now, didn't go through a tunnel. She said she just blinked, and here she is in the other reality, from one light to the next light, one state of awareness to another state of awareness, okay? So there may be some people who pass traumatically and suddenly, and they want to stick around a little, but we are always surrounded by loving helpers, guides, other loved ones who are gently encouraging us you can still visit your loved ones here, but look what's available to you now. To tell someone in a reading that your loved one is stuck does harm and is not appropriate or true wording. So be wary of that if you hear it in a reading and ask within what's another way to see this situation. And you can always say to your loved ones, I love if you may be hanging around with me here. But you can both hang around with me and enjoy this new chapter in your life. It's that simple. I hope I've made that nice and clear. A corollary to number four, telling people their loved one is stuck, is I have actually heard of people saying, if you pay me X amount of money, I will get your loved one unstuck. If that doesn't set red flags up, then you are living in fear. And fear comes from the human story. The soul is open, free of fear, and simply knows my loved one is fine. I love when I can deliver that message from someone across the veil and show they truly are. All right. I also know of one person who asked people to pay for them, to pray for them. Please don't ever fall for that boy. It is never necessary to pay to pray. 
that gets into the whole other subject of paying for readings. And when you understand if you're working with a true professional who has put years of study and training and effort into what is a profession, we pay all of the helping professions. So enough said about that one. Let's move on to the fifth item that I would suggest you be wary of if you hear this from an intuitive telling someone that their loved one in spirit misses them. Well, how is that even possible if there's no time across the veil? Those across the veil, and we've already covered this really, haven't we? Tell us that it's just a blink of an eye till they see you again. What's it like in the dream state for you? Does there seem to be time passing or are you just aware of being? That's what it's like across the veil. And because they get to drop in on you at any time, Brenda just snagged me and said, share an example of that. Just the other day, Brenda dropped in on me and she showed me a xylophone. I knew it had to do something with our mutual friend, Lynette. So I texted her, said, Brenda's showing me a xylophone. Wow. It turns out that the night before, Lynette was in a, in a gathering online of kindred spirits, and they were bringing through spirit friends. And somebody said, Brenda, we think it's Brenda, is here showing a xylophone, but they weren't sure. So Brenda dropped in on me the next morning to show it was her. I wasn't even aware of that meeting the night before. So that was just a huge confirmation that Brenda was just there as they were talking about her, brought up the xylophone, and knew that they needed validation. So dropped in on me unexpectedly to share that with me, gave me the knowing to pass that along to Lynette. Do you see how real this is? You can't make this stuff up. And why would we when it is so very present? All right. So that's number five. They, they across the veil, have told me that if they miss anything at all, it's the physical touch, but their presence with you is so rewarding, so full, that it makes up for that. So I know we sure miss it, don't we? I mean, what I wouldn't give to have Susan's touch again, but I'm reminded right now, my husband felt two fingers press on his arm when he was hiking a trail that he used to hike with Susan, thinking of her. The fingers were so strong that it pushed him around and there was nobody there. He had such a knowing that that touch was from Susan, that my tough as nails Navy destroyer Captain Husband sat down on a log on that trail and cried. He had no doubt Susan was with him there. So we can actually, by in moments of grace, when the veil parts, feel the touch of a loved one. I felt Brenda's hand on mine once and it was unmistakable i hope you've had that experience and if not i hope it does happen to you because we just can't deny that they are still with us moving on number six these are all a little bit similar but again what's our purpose here to provide peace to clear the air to educate you what it's really like across the veil and to ask you to question those things that just don't feel like truth in your heart number six Telling someone that their loved one in spirit is sad if they see we are sad or missing them. Again, this is like, I think I've actually covered these all, but 
I've talked to the wonderful leaders at my favorite organization, HelpingParentsHeal.org. I'm going to be sharing this same talk, by the way, on December 6th with Helping Parents Heal online for anybody who misses it because it's that important. But I've had people say that uh, their children need their parents to be happy so that they can be happy as well. I know we've covered this already, so it's just not true. Or telling someone, this is the greater part of this question. And really, I need to air this one because this is the horror story that I told you about. Telling someone that their folks across the veil are suffering because of the way they passed. And in this case, I had a woman come to a workshop of mine. She said that she had been suffering for three years since she had a reading in which a medium brought through her daughter across the veil, or so she thought. The more she shared with me, I knew that that woman had not made a connection with her daughter. The client, the student in my workshop, had to eventually tell the medium how her daughter passed. We should, you know, hopefully the medium is able to discern that ourselves. When the client told the medium that her daughter had passed from a drug overdose, suddenly the medium said, oh, I feel her and she's suffering terribly. Any of you who've had a loved one pass from drug overdose, do not go into fear now. Listen to what I'm telling you, okay? The medium became so theatrical that she curled up in a ball on the floor, giving the reading to say, this is how your daughter is now because of how she passed. And she left the client with that image. There can be no greater BS than that. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Go rewind this video and listen to what I told you about what happens when any of us pass. Now, there have been some truly, some people who did some truly evil acts. Just a handful have come through in my readings, but they were escorted by loving guides who were teaching them and helping them to repattern their energy before they merged back into the greater reality. Okay? We're not going to go into that today. That's a subject for another topic. But those who pass by drug overdose or suicide are in the general population. Perhaps they, they receive some special healing, like all of us who are dealing with our traumas and our wounds. Brenda told me there's not a one of us who is not walking wounded. But to have a medium tell someone that their loved one is truly suffering because of how they passed does not meet the test the heart test, the soul test. What happened there was that went through that medium's filters. Something clearly in her background told her that that's what happens. I'm making an assumption. I can't know. But in that case, I did what I've done in a handful of cases in the Navy when there's uh, 
flooding in a ship, for example, we have what's called damage control, where you do your best to stem the flood, right? So I've done a handful of what I call damage control readings. I said to this woman, look, I know from experience, your daughter is fine. I know she's not suffering. So let's do a reading and get her. This is the most important point on this point. I asked that mom, did that medium give you any evidence at all to show you she was connecting with your daughter? And the woman said, no. What do I mean by evidence? Things about your loved one that that medium couldn't possibly know. Describing their personality and their character in ways that leave you saying, oh my God, that's them. The woman said, no. And yet, because that medium put that image in this woman's mind, it stayed with her because fear is a powerful thing, isn't it? We focus on pain. For three years, she'd been suffering. She was afraid to go back to another medium. So we did that damage control reading. And I have to tell you, immediately her daughter came through. Can you imagine how her daughter across the veil must have been waiting to share with mom, I'm here, I'm okay. Immediately I described her personality to a T because I could feel her. Mom says, that's her. There are unique bits of personality in every one of us, quirks and personality traits that are only that loved one. And that's what we got from this young girl. And she was fine. She was not curled up in a ball of suffering. Then we got evidence. We we got details about what kind of work she did, memories from from her childhood, likes and dislikes, all the kinds of things that showed her mom she is fine and she never was suffering. A total turnaround for that mom, and yet she suffered for three years. So my greatest advice for any of you is, what do we do when we get bad news from a doctor? We get a second opinion right away, hopefully, so that we don't suffer any longer than is necessary. So if anybody has a reading that does harm, that causes you to suffer, I highly recommend you get a medium through a personal recommendation, someone that you know is the real deal, ethical, above board, and is doing their best not to filter through their own BS. And you have a second reading without telling that medium anything. The only thing I knew about this young woman across the veil was that she'd passed by a drug overdose. I made sure her mom didn't tell me anything else. We wanted the evidence to speak for itself, and it did. Damage controlled, but damage done for three years. Then I advised that mom to find herself an energy healer to clear out the secondary trauma caused by an intuitive. We don't want to be that person right? On either end, the receiving end or the giving end. I hope you're finding this helpful. Again, I'm going to ask you to click that subscribe button if it is, because this is my mission to share helpful messages of hope every week with all of you. So let's see. Oh, to that end, I hope you know about my monthly connection webinars. Every month I share the latest evidence from across the veil, stories that open us up to the awareness, this is real and the latest teaching. Every time I learn something from spirit, I write it down and I share it the next month. 
Also, my homepage has a facelift, lighter and brighter now, and always featuring upcoming events to which I invite you. And if you don't know about my free Awakened Way app, there's information for that on the homepage. Tens of thousands of people enjoying the uplifting daily messages from Spirit that I get and post for all of you. It's such a joy to share with you. So here we are, number seven, moving along. Ah, telling someone their people are suffering because they didn't believe in God or weren't religious. Now, this is an interesting one because I can tell if a person was religious when I do a reading. And what I hear, I mean, they'll show me. If they show me Jesus on a cross or they show me holding a rosary, I know they were Catholic. If I see a cross without Jesus, I know they were religious but and Christian but not Catholic. If I don't see a cross, then the religion just doesn't come up for them. But if they were really religious, they'll show me a Bible and they'll pat it. So I see how religious they were or how not religious they are. What's interesting is those who were super religious will often come through and say, all roads lead to the same place. Love is what matters. I got to meet Jesus. I've met Mary. Or it doesn't matter what religion it is. They have the experience of their religion, but then... Let me see. Let me go back through my records here. They don't always talk about it, but those who want us to know about it say, but it's so much more than what my religion taught. I love that. Okay. To go on and on about that one too. But let me see, make sure what we're saying here. That their people are suffering because they didn't believe in God or we weren't religious. Question that one in your heart. All right. Nobody's suffering across the veil because of their beliefs at all. And once we cross, we see that really, what is the one true religion? Love. Once you're immersed in that and awareness, which we can bring that awareness to this world here, but once you're immersed in that across the veil, you see that that is the greatest teaching of all, yeah. that love is the basic foundation of all that is total connection. That's what those across the veil want us to know. Love with all your heart and soul while you're here. That's my purpose in doing this session right now for all of you to, to come to know that that's what your loved ones across the veil are experiencing. That's what you're going to experience. And if you want off the planet now, I get that. It's hard here. But we as souls came here knowing it would be a challenge. And most importantly, because we grow so much stronger in our ability to feel and share love as a result of our challenges. Going across the veil is like a break, right? But it doesn't help the evolution of the species as much as coming here and being the presence of love no matter what. So please go out and do that today every chance you get. And Every day that follows, it's why you're here, beautiful soul. All right, let's see. These are all sounding a little bit alike, but I cannot emphasize this enough. Number eight, telling someone their people are mad at them or sorrowful over something they're doing in human life. Can you see how that kind of dovetails to what we just talked about? When you shift to the awareness of the soul, which is what happens when you cross the veil, but we can learn to make that shift any moment. 
here and now. This is the essence of my Awakened Way teaching. If you want to know more about that, go to my homepage and click on the Awakened Way teaching. When you learn to make that shift to a divinely guided life here and now, you see that we make mistakes and human beings learn by trial and error. There is no judgment of us across the veil. Your spirit guides are not judging you. They know all of the mistakes you've made. And when we can turn our mistakes into growth, then that's a blessing. So to think that your loved ones are angry at you, holding uh, anger or, th or ill thoughts about anything, is just not the way it works once we shed these bodies and the BS, the belief system. All right, enough said about that. All right, that was number eight. Number nine, this one came from my wonderful friend, Lynette. She says, this may be covered in the other questions, but one of the worst things I heard a medium say was at a session years ago that a man had died as a result of heroin addiction and the woman said he stuck because of that. I guess I didn't renew these enough because that is repeating itself. And the guides say it bears repeating. All right. It, uh, I have felt loved ones go to a healing type sanctuary across the veil. And let me tell you, it feels like a vacation to me when I get to experience what that's like. Just surrounded by love, no stress, and able to just process what the human story was like but the soul wants nothing more than to grow from every experience if we can take that on now if we can see from the soul's perspective making that shift then we grow and the guides just said tell people how to make that shift simply believing knowing that i am a soul here and now hold that in awareness because it's already part of your very being at the heart level get out of the head that tries to think your way through this and then realizing that you're already a soul simply go beyond the story shift to this part of you that is much more expanded less limited than the human story that is constricted by the way the brain works by the physical senses you can simply become the observer of yourself, like stepping onto a balcony. What if you were to just imagine you had died already and you're looking back at yourself now? You would not be judging yourself. So just take that perspective. What if I'm that loving, non-judging soul right now looking at right here and, you know, and then moving forward, make those higher choices that come from the soul, that knows only love. All righty. And the 10th the tenth item on my list of things to question, if you hear them from an intuitive, is you're not allowed to record this reading. I heard that once from a medium I sat with, and immediately I knew, don't trust anything you hear in this reading. Because if a medium is afraid that you're going to listen to what they say and share it with others, then there's nothing worth sharing. A medium needs to have such confidence that anything that comes through can and may be shared with others that they allow anything to be recorded. 
There is nothing to hide in this work. If we feel there is, we shouldn't be doing this work. Right. And there are times when I have not had a good connection, and I make sure that that's on the re on the recording as well. I'll say, I'm not on top of my game. This is not up to par with my readings. I want you to know that we will try again, or I want you to try a different reading. But what's here on this recording is not an example of the kind of connection we like in a reading. So we should uh, always strive to do our best when we connect as intuitives and not be afraid to let other people record it or see what comes through. So there you have it. I think there were a few repeats, but I hope it was worth repeating. <laughs> and I hope that you found it helpful. Always, always go to the heart. We'll do a quick test right now. Don't leave yet because I'm going to give you an exercise to show you how to test at the heart. When something is untrue, there's constriction. And the body is a really great barometer of that. You feel it in the heart. You feel it in the gut. For example, just to bring a little humor in here right now, you could say, my name is John Doe. Or the second I see that, say that, I feel a constriction right here in the center of me because it's not true and the body knows it's not true. The subconscious mind, your energy field, knows that is not in alignment with truth and that's felt in the body. Now you can say your real name, state it now. My name is fill in the blank. Do you feel that openness? There's no constriction. That's a yes. Now, the challenge with this is if you ask a question or you test something around which you have a lot of fear, it may be difficult to get to the base state where there's total openness. You may start out constricted and can't tell the difference. And this is where a daily practice of sitting in peace can help you know how to drop into that relaxed state with just a few breaths. So check out my video called No More Meditation Excuses, where I teach my three-minute sip of the divine, where sip stands for sit in peace. Come to know that place in you that never changes, that is the seat of peace in you, the soul. It's always here beneath the fear, beneath the guilt, beneath the, the grief. It's always here. And it takes commitment to be able to get to the place where you can drop into that state. That's my greatest wish for you, to find peace that is here, here and now, to bring heaven to earth so that you too can open up a beautiful, clear connection with your loved ones and guides across the veil. Check out my courses online to learn how to do that even better. Join me here next week and every week for the Messages of Hope podcast and help me be a messenger of hope. I love you all and I'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey 
and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.